So I stopped by reading things to avoid the scandal and all that. Hotel rooms are a good place for things to start. You know, when you are alone, particularly in the Western world, there are some stations where there is so much immorality. If you watch them, you have set yourself up for trouble. So it's better to stay away from those kinds of things. Stay away from some kinds of visits. If you are somewhere, somebody of the opposite sex is going to come to need to see you, even if it's to deliver a message to you that you will take to your wife. You know what I mean? That the person is harmless. It's better to come down and meet the person at the lobby of the hotel instead of asking the person to come to your hotel room. So just natural things like that that are very important uh, to put in place if you are going to be a traveling minister. Communication is essential. So call them, inform them when you are coming, when you are departing, and you will come across all kinds of things like I've said. I've got to another country before that there was nobody to pick me. Nobody to pick me. And uh, no, there was a time I had a phone number in the U.S. You know, now WhatsApp has made it very easy. You, through WhatsApp, you can call anybody. Any airport now, you Wi-Fi and call somebody. But there was a time that wasn't so. And at this time, there was a time I didn't have a phone number. I, I mean, I didn't have a phone. There was a time I had a U.S. phone number, you know. But you can imagine arriving all that long journey from Nigeria to America and getting there and nobody to receive you. It was tough. So, you know, I've come across all kinds of things like that. And over time, you come across things. And to be just some people shaking their responsibility, that, uh, the, that, in fact, there are things that will happen that pastor must not hear. So you just bear it sometimes and not tell the pastor. Because if you tell the pastor, you will feel like cutting off the head of the person who did it to you. So you just absorb it, you know. And just because you know the person didn't do it deliberately, you know, that kind of thing. But somebody will just fail to do what they should do and you mess up a whole lot. So the more organized you are before time, the more you communicate, the better for you. I want to say Rima is fantastic. That's the truth of the matter. You know, they would call, let me know what time. This social person is already there. They will make sure the names of the people who will be there and all those kinds of things when they are picking you. That, that, that's fine. That, that's how you should be. Please appreciate Rima Nigeria. And for you to know how Rima I am, every day, every, I mean every day, the church I pastor writes a devotional. Every day, I read Kenneth Higgins' faith food and health food. Every day. Not just me, every member of my family. Myself, my wife, all our children, Everybody has their own copies. I have it on my iPad. I have a hard copy. I have any, anywhere I am. Even though the church I pastor writes a devotional every day, including today, I still read faith food and health food. That's how much the ministry of Kennedy Hagen means to me personally. I know how much I've benefited from it. So that you are in Rima or you are considering to be part of Rima, I can recommend it even in my sleep to somebody. That's the truth. Now, the time a minister is most vulnerable is when he has expended spiritual energy. So when you are an attendant person, when you minister and all that, you are very vulnerable. You would think that's a high point, but that's when you are vulnerable the most. Elijah, after he called down fire on Prophet of Bear, the next thing, was he was telling God to take his life. He was running away from Jezebel. You would think after that kind of high point in his life, that's when nothing should scare him. But you see, he was under the anointing. After depleting spiritual energy, so to say, he was vulnerable. What I notice about Jesus, that's not what comes to me naturally. When I finish ministering, there are times I minister back to back for two weeks. There are times I'm somewhere else, you know, it has happened to me before in another country, 
that I will minister here, go 30 minutes, minister there, and go and every day for two weeks like that. After that kind of thing, I want to relax. That's not the time you want to pray or study the Bible naturally if you leave yourself. That's when you feel relief. Ah, it's all over. You want to celebrate. But see what Jesus did. Mark 1 from verse 31. Mark 1 from verse 31. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her and she served them. This was Peter's mother-in-law. Verse 32. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick, various diseases, and cast out many demons. He did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. That's what Jesus did. That's what a wise person will do. That's not what I feel like doing naturally. I don't know about you. After I explain this like that, I want to take it easy naturally, but I've seen that's the worst time to take it easy naturally. Jesus rose a great while before day. What does a great while before day mean? I don't know. You don't know either. But 6 a.m. was day for a Jew. The day started from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and night was 6 p.m. to the following 6 a.m. So not a while before day, a great while before day. What time do you think Jesus woke up to pray? Somebody who ministered so much like that to people. I think it's a lesson for us to learn. So it's up to you to decide what time it is. So a minister is vulnerable at those times. Don't run people's bills. When you go and minister, people don't run their bills. Like I said, WhatsApp has made it easy. You know, there was a time that there was no WhatsApp. If you wanted to call your family and things like that, will you call them from the hotel? Hotel will charge more money than ordinarily, at least in foreign countries, to charge more money. So you don't use, you don't run their bills. There are people who do what they're told to do. You know, they will come, they will tell you, do whatever you need to do. If you need to do this, don't do it. They're, they're telling you, don't use your money for such things. You see, if you leave a mess after you have left, you have closed the door. The fact that they said you should do it does not mean you should do it. Because do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Yeah, you don't want to get on somebody, you won't like it if somebody does that to you. So don't run their bills. Don't overeat. Don't do unnecessary national calls. Be cautious. You know, ask them whether if they say you should eat in the hotel. Otherwise, eat the food they bring to you. You know, things like that. They appear like literally two things, but they're very important. They're very, very, very important. So, be cautious. So, you see that there's a place for common sense in these things. And these are parts of things that opens the door for people. In many places, protocol people have told me that they are favorite guest minister. Very interesting. Of course, I didn't set out to do anything. I'm not pretending. I'm just myself. But in many places, people have told me that, oh, you are our favorite guest minister. Oh, really? I said, why? Because they say I don't stress them. They say I don't stress them. If they tell me, I will ask, when are you going to pick me? When should I be ready? If they tell me, five o'clock, quarter to five, I'm ready. I'm waiting. Let me tell you this. We invited someone somewhere one time. I wasn't the person inviting the person, but I was part of the leadership, you know, then in the north. This person was a music minister. The person was invited to come to minister in music. She came two hours late. She was already in town. She had arrived. The program she was invited for. Two hours after it had started, before she came up. You know what? They had to call hotel so many times. She was there with her husband. She was dressing up. 
you know, you know what that will make you do? You look at the person's dress. You know, you are not to look at somebody's dress normally. But if somebody was dressing for two hours, who came late for two hours, you will first look, what, 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 what is she wear now? For two hours. In fact, I became a problem in many places, so I started asking them what time I should arrive. Because if you tell me something is going to start at five, I'll be there. And I will see that they were not ready. So I was causing problems for people. I was getting there too early. Everybody will start running up and down. Because in many churches, it's when the pastor arrives that service starts. It's not the time they put. It's when the pastor arrives. So I will get there too early. They will start calling pastor. So I stopped going. So I will start saying, what time should I arrive? What time do you want me to come? The time should be comfortable for them. Is when I will now get there. You know, instead of uh, causing a uh, problem for people. But what I'm trying to say is, uh, it's important. We need to be careful about these things. And uh, you, you don't want to tarnish your image anywhere. Let's talk about some ethics. Ask the pastor what he wants you to talk about. Ask what you can do or what you can do. If you're an interior minister, what do you want? What do I do? What, do I, what can't I do? So they can tell you you have a free hand. That means they trust you. They know you. They can tell you if you want to pray. I've read before that the person told me that I, I should just preach and I should sit down. And the person who made the person invite me, so to say, was wondering why I didn't minister a particular way. Because the person knew God can use me a particular way. So I smiled. That's what your pastor wanted. That's okay. Because there's nothing you don't, you're not after making an impression. You're not after anything. And in any case, God won't necessarily use that way all the time. The Bible is always called a preach Bible and sit down. If they say don't pray for the sick, don't pray for the sick. If they ask you not to do any other thing, any other thing, even if they say you should, you should not make altar call, they should leave it for the pastor. You know, that happens. The pastor will say he will come and make the altar call. Fine, just preach Bible and go and sit down. Whatever you are told to do, go and do. Many years ago, I was invited somewhere and uh, a member of the church I pastor, very early days, said, hey, pastor, I hear you are going to so and so place. My friends are in that church. Yeah, I know you are going to go and tell them about covering of here, no covering of here. I said, I will never do such a thing. What, what has the uh, covering of hair? Didn't they give me a team? There's a team over I'm going to bring up. What does that have to do with covering of hair? Yeah, the aim is not to go and show what you know or don't know. The aim is not to go and tell them what the pastor knows or doesn't know. Your aim is to be a blessing. Stay away from controversial things. Just stay with God's word. God's word will always bless people. And that's the end of it. So try to find out what they know. Because there are ethics of things. The same way in medical profession, you are not supposed to take over somebody else's patient. I imagine in the legal profession also, you don't just take over somebody's client and all that. That same way, you don't, you don't just deal with a member of an assembly like that. Directly to go behind the pastor and go and deal with the person. You take the person's phone number and then the pastor doesn't know and then he gets to know later. You're going to lose respect. If you need something for anything, go through the pastor who invited you. So conduct meetings that way. Be ethical. Respect their time. Find out when they finish, when they close. Even if they tell you, you can take as much time as you want, find out the time they normally close and things like that and stay within that time. Don't display knowledge. Don't make the congregation to look down on the pastor. Magnify the pastor as much as possible before the congregation. Be careful of questions and answers. Things like that. Be careful of questions and answers. It happens to me a lot. Matter of question and answers. A lot. I go to so many places and there's question and answer because those pastors know me and they trust me already. You see, because I stay away from some questions. There are questions they ask me that I can answer, but I know common sense will let you know that they're asking this question deliberately. That they want 
the pastor to be told something. Is that why I came? <laughs> so I will transfer such questions to the pastor to answer by himself. And I will say to them openly that I'm not a fool, I'm a guest minister. That there are some questions I shouldn't answer. Things that are doctrinal with that denomination, whether I believe it personally or not is not the issue. If they ask me such questions, it's not for a public forum. You are in that church already. What the pastor tells you to do is what you do. So it's not every question you answer. You answer what you need to answer and you stay away from what you don't need to answer. So people will trust you over time. See, I minister in all kinds of places. Evangelical churches, all, all sorts of places. I, I was raised a Baptist. When I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, I left the Baptist church and began to worship with Pentecostals. And eventually I became a Pentecostal pastor. But I know the kind of upbringing Baptist church gave me. I value it. Baptist church is sound. I said they, they believe God's word purely. And so, and I, I believe God spoke to me then that he would send me back to my people. I knew what he meant was he would send me back to the Baptist. So when I preached in one Baptist church in Kano, I thought that was his, I didn't know. The biggest Baptist churches across this country have ministered there. In those places, despite the fact that I'm not a Baptist anymore, I'm a pastor of a Pentecostal church. I ended up preaching at National Baptist Convention. There's an award in my office that Nigeria Baptist Convention gave to me. I preached at the convention when they had the convention in Oyo, Baptist, to invite somebody who was not a Baptist to come to preach at the convention. It's because I don't try to belittle people. I stay away from controversial things. I say, things. see, when you minister God's work consistently over days, even to operating gifts of the Holy Ghost, I won't start out doing that. I'll just preach Bible and go and sit down. By the time you are in a place for thought, when they've seen that you won't do anything outside the Bible, and you take them gradually and they trust you, then you can discuss with a pastor and go along those lines and you are safe. They are ready. Anything you want, go ahead. And that way you will be a blessing to people. So be very careful of those things. Because those people are under authority also. If you just do something that will scatter things before you know it, somebody has read somebody, will you be happy that they fired a pastor because you went to that church? So don't use the puppy to correct the pastor. Walk in love towards him. Don't go and display knowledge. That's foolhardy. Do things in the integrity of your heart. Maintain a good conscience. Don't think because God told you something, you, you have to force people into it. And there are some things that are just personal to you. When God told Simeon that he was not going to die until he saw the lost Christ, that wasn't a message for everybody. It was for him personally. You can imagine if he went around preaching it to everybody. Recently, they appointed a new president of CAC, Christ Apostolic Church Worldwide. Do you hear me? Christ Apostolic Church Worldwide. You know, it's a large denomination. Worldwide. I was invited. I didn't even know I was on the program. When I, when I got to the place, my wife and I went to the place trying to find where to sit down. I want to make an usher that, you know, because I had a VIP invitation. You know what the person asked me? Who did you come with? He thought I was somebody's PA or somebody's uh, driver. So I was laughing behind the mask. No, I said I came with myself. Is that because I came with myself? So man, just man, because since I, I didn't look in his opinion, the kind of person that you have that kind of card, I must have come with somebody. So no problem. <laughs> so anyway, they managed to find a nice place to give my wife and I. And then I now opened the program. I saw that I was going to pray for the person after. Ah, so you see those matter. I said they won't know I'm here. I better tell the person. So I said. So I'm on the program. 
He said, I should show you my name at the program. <laughs> what I'm saying to you now happened like uh, maybe two, three weeks ago. So I showed him my name. So when someone in front of us, ah, he's here. Come. And then you can't imagine where they went to put me. Ah. You know, so you know that kind of thing. Respect will now go on or abnormally for you. <laughs> when the person was now talking, he now singled me out again and tell her how much of a blessing I am to him. Aha, sure. It came very embarrassing. So I imagine that person, how he will be looking. Who is this man? For God's sake. You know, that's what Jesus said that when you go somewhere, you go and sit quietly. Let them invite you. Then you now have respect before the people. Yeah. See, we should obey the Bible. When we do those things, we see that honor is in God's hand. No man take care of this honor unto himself, except that he's called like Aaron was. If you stay in the place of your calling, honor will come. God will bring honor to you. You will need to bring it for yourself. So, be careful when you go somewhere else. Do things with integrity. Be careful of money and be prudent. So, like I said earlier, when people give me gifts, when I go somewhere to minister, I tell the pastor, so-and-so person gave me so-and-so thing. And you won't believe this. <laughs> Somebody took my wife and I somewhere to go and buy us suits and all that. Of course, we told the pastor. And very expensive suits. Very expensive. I even refused to buy what I wanted to buy. I refused. I said, okay. I said, I won't buy this with my own money. It's too expensive. So I went for something less. So when we got back, we told the pastor, you remember so and so people who said they were going to so and so, this is what they give to us. I know what the pastor said to me. Oh, really? He has never bought anything for me before. That's what the pastor said. And said, when Reverend so and so and so came last time, he did the same thing. This person actually told me that I should be calling him that if I see anything online that I like, that he will mail it to me in Nigeria. Of course, I would never do such a thing in my life. But the pastor said that, now, supposing I didn't tell the pastor, and the pastor got to know. Do you see what I'm saying? So I told him so, and the pastor was straight enough with me to tell me that that person has never given me a gift before. But guest minister is coming and you are buying a suit of $600 for the person. And so I thought, what really was the person after? Bought something for me, bought something for my wife, but I went to tell the pastor, this is what the person he has never given me a gift before. So is the idea so that I'll be praying for you regularly because you bought me a suit or what? I don't understand. Somebody called me one day. This person met me at the airport in Port Harcourt. And the person said, I've been looking for you. I said, how? I don't know you. I don't know. He said, he said uh, when you were in Kano, I knew about you in so and so and so, so place. And God said I should look for three people. You are one of them. Anyway, he met me. So what? Just prayed. So you wanted me to pray? I prayed in the airport. I forgot about it. I went home. I was on my way home. I went to minister somewhere. And one day, this person showed up in my office in Ibadan. And he said, that contact he had with me, if I knew what God had done in his life, so, 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 whatever. So he wanted to be a blessing to me. So I asked him, what church do you go? Are you a blessing to your pastor? Do you tithe to your church? I asked all those things. He cleared them. He said it was fine. This person gave me $2,000. After that, the person gave me $5,000. I asked the same questions. One day, I was in my younger brother's house in London. I saw a credit in my account. 10,000 US dollars. This person, no, no, no. I said, no, 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 no. You can't be giving me money like this. What do you do for a living? So, 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 so. I believe everything was straight. This person, I didn't know him beyond that. It's amazing if you follow God's will for your life. It's amazing. Do you know how much 10,000 US dollars is? It's long, but don't come and meet me. It's not in my account anymore. 
But you see, it was not enough that somebody was just giving me money. What do you do for a living? What do you do in your church? Do you bless your pastor? What do you use money for? How come you are able to afford this? Something like and then he said, "Where well, I should come and pray something for him. I said, forget it. If that's the kind of person you are looking for, but I will come from place to place. I don't after to come. I said, forget it. Hey, I'm not going to do beyond what I prayed for you in this office here now. That's the end of it. Because some people think they can corner you and pocket their anointing money. Never. Don't ever put yourself in a position where one human being, are you listening to me? Be accountable to your local pastor, your local church, whatever organization you belong to that way, those who gave you credentials to preach or didn't do whatever, be accountable in the place. And like we've said earlier on, you need proper legal things, proper accounting systems and all that, so that if somebody were to raise up an issue, you are clear, you are straight. If somebody were to say something, they can print it at any time and show it to anybody and there's nothing to hide. So be careful about money. Now, let's talk about developing your itinerant ministry. You know, traveling, make sure you develop things and grow things. See, there are some things God won't necessarily tell you. For instance, God called Moses and Moses was intending to minister to people all by himself. And he took Jethro who was older, who was more experienced to explain to him, you don't do that kind of thing. You will wear out. So he gave him a common sense approach to organize and let there be a structure. I've seen in life that God uses structures to run things. Look at the human body. There's a respiratory system. There's a cardiovascular system. There's this one system. Systems are the things that are around the human body. When you go to the Western world, it's systems that are in place around those countries. We don't have systems in place. So when they had somebody like Trump, who was, uh, I don't know what to call Trump, the system got rid of him. You see what I'm saying? Because they have systems in place. So you should have systems in place. Have, having systems in place does not block out the Holy Ghost. Leave room for the Holy Ghost. See, God is an organized person. Read the Bible, you will see that in the days of Solomon, some people will give this in one month. Some will take care of this in the following month. Some will take care of this in the following month. And it was God's instruction. So be organized, structure things, put systems in place. How you will grow your traveling ministry from being a solo person, like our sister said earlier, until having office, having secretary, having this, having that, having those who will be responsible for this, having those who will be responsible for that. Let me say something to you. Do you know Joyce Mayer? Joyce Mayer has an itinerant ministry. Joyce Mayer doesn't pastor a church. You know, there are people who have itinerant ministry who have some kind of heavy base. They, they have a base, like a training place or a church, not Joyce Mayer. She just has partners and see the crowds that go wherever she goes. So don't you think she has a lot of staff? Even Dave, her husband, is part of her staff. Because some people will go and organize things, set some things up, do this and that. Yeah. Very important. So think of how to grow the thing that God has given to you. So one can be a beginner in traveling ministry. You may have been there for years, but you're not fully established yet. Or you may be established and your ministry is within a city or within a nation. And then it can be across nations and things like that. So, there's growth. There's room for growth. Give God's word the prime place. How do we get established? God's word must have the prime place. Whatever kind of ministry... 
whether it's music ministry or drama ministry or whatever, let it be word, the word, content, substance, not whereas. Content, substance, give the word, have a solid prayer life. Like I said earlier, if there's no prayer and there are results, it's not Christianity. Everywhere I go, I maintain my routine of a quiet time. There's a time of the day people don't get to see me. I lock myself up for those hours studying Bible and praying. Even if you pay for me to come to another country, I let you know that's my program. If you don't want me, you can invite somebody else. So I'm not going to be available at so-so time, so-so time. Anywhere, everywhere, I maintain that same routine. As far as I'm concerned, nobody is big deal, including myself. It's a time you spend with God. See, when you stay with somebody who smokes, when you leave the place, you are smelling of cigarette. When you stay with somebody who wears a strong perfume, when you leave the place, the perfume has rubbed off on you. When Moses stayed long enough in God's presence, his face was gleaming. We know angels emit light. When Moses stayed long enough in God's presence, his face was shining also. If I spend enough time with God, what can take people five years to achieve, I can achieve in five minutes. It won't be me, it will be God. So, that time with God means more to me more than any other thing. So, I turn down messages. I tell people, I'm sorry I can't be available at that time. I say, yeah, but how are you supposed to know? I can't. They say, forget it. I'm not looking for somebody to invite me. Yeah, I'm not looking for someone to invite me. I want to be a blessing. And the only thing I have to offer is what God gives to me. So, if I can't spend time with him, then there's no point. And I've seen because of that, people now want to receive what you have to offer. Because they see that that time with God matters to you more than any other thing. So you must have a solid prayer life. It's very important. You gain experience over time, listen to other people, you know, read after other people. Because there are people who have made mistakes. People say experience is the best teacher. Really? I don't think so. Why must I experience something that somebody has experienced and he has told me? If somebody has told me what he has experienced, if I read it in five, five hours, what he suffered in 50 years, I will be a fool to suffer the same thing. Knowledge is better than experience. Because if I know, I don't have to go through it. Things that have been are things that shall be. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So I can learn from somebody else's experience. So that's why you need to read after the people who have the kind of gifting that God has given. You see, nobody is any superstar. If you are called into a particular kind of office, God will even put the desire in your heart to follow that person. Read the person's books. Listen to the person's tapes. Be after him and learn, you will learn so much that way. And it will be as if you have met the person, even though you have not met the person physically. Build relationships. Never burn bridges. Maintain relationships. Believe God for open doors. Believe God, you know, for favor and all that. And, uh, uh, you know, we're going to be done shortly. But uh, I think I will leave this till tomorrow. Some pitfalls to avoid in itinerant ministry. And... Uh, preaching effectively, developing our own style and things like that because you have an individual style. So let me, let me leave that so I can take that tomorrow because I won't be able to go far if I enter it now. So we're concluding by saying give the word time place. Very important. You need to have a solid, consistent prayer life. You will gain experience over time. Maintain relationships. Don't burn bridges. Believe God. Use your faith for everything. So you want open doors, use your faith. You have uh, a family need. You know, this and this is what you need to do as a person, as a family. Talk to God about it. 
You know, there's no need to come and tell somebody, I believe God to use me to meet my need. No, that's not believing God. That's manipulation. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't say it out. You talk to God about it, and God will do what he needs to do. But one thing I can tell you, haven't been in ministry for 30 something years, I can tell you this, that God does not owe any man. God does not owe any man. If God calls you, he will equip you. And once you do your own part, God can never fail his own part. I don't believe there's anybody truly called by God who does what God wants him to do who will have any regret in life. I don't have any. and I don't think anyone will have any. And I'm using my life for what God wants me to use my life for. And can I tell you something? I'm enjoying serving God. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Father, we bless your name tonight. Thank you for the time of fellowship we have had together. Thank you for everyone who has been part of this today. Thank you for the things you have reminded us about, things you have pointed our attention to, and things, Lord, that we generate or evolve from this as you deal with individual destinies. Thank you for we each have a closer work with you. And our generation and those to come will know the impact of it. We're grateful for Rima Bible Training Center generally and Nigeria specifically. Thank you, Lord God, for the national director and his team. Thank you for the great work you are doing through them. Thank you for using them to affect us in these meetings today, tomorrow, and day after. Thank you because you will help us to be doers and not hearers alone. As we disperse a short while from now, we go with the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. Our world will know the impact that you have made in our lives. Thank you, Holy Father. Glory and honor and adoration we ascribe unto your name alone. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening.